This is Sarah Weymouth, and welcome to my podcast, where we talk about everything for you to live your best life. And we have a little fun too, from talking about business, marriage, parenthood, money, health, home decor, friendship, beauty, and pop culture. I'm a mother to three, a wife, a successful business owner, and I want to live my highest best self. Follow along as we learn together, grow, teach, because you only get to live one life. Oh, and I promise to dig deeper and to ask the tough questions. This is The Lime Podcast. Hey guys. All right. I'm so excited about this topic. We are going to talk about how to start a business, but not just how to start a business. My advice, my thoughts, and really like the truth in how to start a business. I feel like you can get more generic information out there, cookie cutter, but I'm going to kind of break it down more real life for you and what I've experienced with my business, Lemon, that I established in 2017. I also had two businesses before Lemon that were much smaller. So, you know, I've learned a lot along the way and I'm going to pass that forward to you guys right now. So if you're thinking about starting a business or you have a really small business and you want to expand it, you have a cool business idea, you've been thinking about wanting to run your own business for a long time, this is totally the episode for you. Okay, so first and foremost, I want to say that you need to figure out if you really want to run your own business. I think a lot of people skip over that piece. I think running your own business has been glamorized a lot. And I think a lot of celebrities run their own businesses now, like the Kardashians and that sort of thing. And it just seems like the thing to do. Of course, everyone wants to be their own boss. And that is so alluring. And we all get drawn to that piece of it without a doubt. But take a moment and think do you really, would you really enjoy the day-to-days of running your own business? Could you self-motivate constantly over and over and over again? Because being your own boss is also a double-edged sword where there is kind of this piece of you that loves it. You're your own boss, but then you also have to be your own motivator. No one's holding you accountable. And the only person you're really going to hurt at the end of the day is yourself and your business, and it's your name on the line. So I'm not trying to scare anyone, but there does need to be a level of like soul searching here at the beginning to say, is this really what I want? Do I really want to run a business or does it just sound cool? Do I just want to say that to my friends and family? I heard this one um, piece of advice recently where this guy was saying his wife, will, if he has like a crazy idea, something he wants to do, his wife will always say to him, would you still want to do it if you can't tell anyone about it? And I think that that's so powerful because I do think sometimes we do things just because it sounds cool, right? Like someone said, also, I heard this other quote actually like right after that where the person was like, would anyone run a marathon if they couldn't talk about it, post about it, show pictures about it? I'm like, I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of true, right? Like there is a little bit of like bragging rights to be like, I did a marathon or I did a half marathon. Look how cool. I look at all my hard work paid off, right? Which I get it. It's very powerful. I've ran a half marathon myself and I posted about it also. But with running your own business, it's not 
really that glamorous. You know, you do have to hustle. You are going to be in the thicks of it. There are going to be days where you're doing things that you don't want to do. You're going to have to play all roles, especially at the beginning. No role is too good for you. And you have to really kind of humble yourself. So there does need to be a moment. I do think like probably about the five years leading up to COVID, I think running your own business was considered so cool, right? There's all that like, you know, boss babe and people becoming self-made millionaires, billionaires, startups happening all over Silicon Valley. I, I just think it was this very like cool thing to do. And then COVID hit and everyone's like, whoo, glad I don't own a business. <laughs> um, and now we're kind of like this post-COVID kind of weird in between. So I think running a business is beautiful. I love running my business and I can't imagine doing anything else 1000%. But I don't think it's for everyone. I don't think it's for every personality. And you do need to take a moment to go, do I really want this or do I just hate my boss this week? (laughs) Or do I just hate my industry I work in? Or do I just hate my commute? Like what, you know, you have to take a moment to really be like, is this the path I want to go down? Or is there another issue, maybe even a bigger issue going on? Once you've established, no, I really want to be a business owner. My heart is in it. I've been wanting this for a long time. Then the next step is what will your business be? And this is really important because whatever you choose, you have to think long term. You're going to be doing it for 5, 10, 20, 30 years down the line. Yeah, you could start a business and possibly turn around and sell it, but that's very difficult because most businesses aren't successful right away and it takes time to build success to a level where someone's going to want to purchase it. So if that is your goal, amazing, but know that right here at the beginning and decide what your business is going to be off of, you know, that goal. For example, let's say you do want to turn around and sell it in five years. Okay, so we might want to change a little bit of what we do. For example, don't put your name in the name of the business. If you're going to sell that business, you better not be attached to it. So those are the little things you need to think about here. Um, A really good example of this, my second business was a baby onesie toddler line of, you know, toddler t-shirts and onesies graphic tees. And I liked it. It was a small side business I did while I had my babies and I did my corporate job. And the business did, was starting to do really good. But I knew deep down, long term, it wasn't going to work for me because I was in the thick of having babies and I was totally into all the baby onesies and all the things. Um, Right now, today, my youngest is almost seven. You know, yes, I carry baby stuff at Lemon, but we do so much at Lemon and such a diverse collection of things that I don't ever feel like I'm stuck in one thing. And that was part of the reason why I started Lemon was because I had realized I don't want to just do one thing. I don't want to just do jewelry or just do baby clothes or just do, you know, cups. (laughs) I don't know, whatever. But some people love that. So you need to figure that out here at the beginning. And then I'm a big fan. This is a piece of advice I'll give you. Take your business idea and tell it to a few people. You don't need to tell the whole world. Actually, Actually, I would say don't tell the world. I am all about 
you know, keeping things to yourself until you're ready to share. But take your business idea to just a few people. Take it to your best friend. Take it to your mom. Take it to your dad. Take it to your husband. And just say, look, this is my business idea. Here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? And let them ask you questions because sometimes the questions they ask are things you didn't think about or things that you maybe thought isn't a big deal, but when they start asking about it, you're like, oh, okay, people might care about that, right? So it can be an eye-opening experience. I will, I will say be careful with this because people will, will try to discourage you, especially people that don't run their own business. They'll tell you it's risky. Why would you do that? You're already successful. I mean, this is what I heard <laughs> with starting, um, especially Lemon. You know, I had a very successful corporate career and my youngest was one. So everyone around me thought I was crazy to some extent, right? So I I treaded very lightly with letting people know my idea, but there were questions that came up that helped me really formulate the business idea in a more complex way and quite frankly, make the decision to do Lemon or not because I was debating between two different business ideas and Lemon won because I dug a little bit deeper in what I just said long-term people's questions, all of this, right? So this is important. After this step, you know, you got your business idea ready to go. Let's say what you want to do is you want to open up a pizza joint in your community. The next thing is to look at competition. Now, I will say, be careful with this one. They always say, do all your research, know everything about your competitors. What do they do good? What do they do bad? But I would say be careful because I think if you dive too deep into your competition, two things could happen. One, you could get very discouraged and say, well, there's six other pizza shops in my community. Why should I do number seven? This is a stupid idea. And basically talk yourself out of it. The other thing is when you start to really analyze your competition, you could start copying people without even realizing it because that's just human nature. So I would be careful. You know, you already had this idea. You probably already are starting to attach a vision to it of what you want. You don't need to go down the rabbit hole of what everyone else is doing. Just because someone else is doing it differently doesn't mean it's better. Or maybe they are doing it differently and it's amazing, but what you're going to do is going to be amazing also. Or they might be doing it very similar to how you want to do it, but when you do it, it's going to be yours. So be careful when you look at this. You should know your competition. I'm not saying don't do it, but don't get, don't dig in too deep. There's enough pieces of pie to go around for all of us. And I think that's the biggest mistake business owners can make is that they dwell too much on the competition instead of focusing on what they're doing. And I can tell you from my experience, from what I've seen, those people fail. And I I say that very bluntly because that is true. So, you know, have a very humble feeling around it where, you know, we can all do this. Why not? right? I mean, let's just go back to the pizza example. There could be a really fancy pizza place for date nights. There could be a pizza place that has a play structure for kids and kids can make their own pizzas. There could be um, a quick takeout place where they do delivery. There could be a pizza place where they sell by the slice and you're just grabbing and going. There could be a really cute indoor-outdoor 
urban pizza place that does flatbread and organic ingredients. There could be a deep dish pizza place, right? Like there's so many options. We don't ever have to feel like there's not enough to go around. If anything, it's the other way around. How many of us try to go out to dinner and we're like, ugh, the same three places. Like I want more variety, right? So just remember that as you're looking at your competition, what you want to do. Um, and, and you know, when you look at your competition, in some instances, like for lemon, you're looking at local because we're a local brick and mortar. But then I also am e-commerce. I'm online. So it's a very combination type thing. And then the next step is your business plan. Everyone loves to talk about the business plan. It's crucial, though, you guys. This becomes your Bible for your business. So you need to take the time to really do a good job on this, not only for yourself, but you are going to show this to banks if you want any funding. You're going to show this to landlords if you want to rent space. There are people that are going to ask you for this time and time again because your new business or a new concept and they have this is the only thing they're going to go off of. You have no track record. So it's crucial. So first up on your business plan, you're going to map out your finances. So you're going to look at your finances to start up and your monthly finances. You're going to get into the nitty gritty. You're going to look at every little thing from how much does insurance cost to how much is toilet paper for the bathroom? And it is going to stress you out and it is going to be a lot. I remember when I did the finances for Lemon's business plan and I just sat back in my chair and was like, this is crazy. I can't do this. But push through that. It's an important step, but it's not there to scare you. It's just to have you be prepared. The next thing you want on your business plan is your branding, your vision for the business. For this piece, I would say think about every little detail, right? Let's go back to the pizza joint example. What is, what's your pizza joint going to be like, right? Is it a date spot? Okay, cool. Are you going to have candles on the table? Are you going to have fresh flowers? What kind of um, pieces of furniture do you want? Are you going to have a full bar? Is it going to be indoor-outdoor seating? Um, what area are you going to be located? Do you envision yourself in front of a beautiful park? Are you going to be in a busy city-type location? Is there going to be parking? Are you going to have valet? How fancy are you going? What are your colors going to be? Are you going to have beautiful, you know, white cloth, really fancy? Or are we going more like urban and casual and cool? What's your Instagram going to look like? What's your website going to look like? What's your logo going to look like? That is all your branding and your vision for this business. And you have to be able to answer every single piece of what I just said and then some. So this is really where like vision boards come in, manifesting, that sort of thing. So if you're visual like that, I would say go for it. That is the best thing you can do. Or you could just keep it on the computer. You could make a Pinterest board to get yourself started and then get really excited and kind of plug in from there into your business plan what you really want. I say really pause on this though because... I know that there are businesses that rebrand. I've never rebranded. And I can tell you that if you do rebrand, it's going to be a huge pain in the ass, right? Think about it. If you're going to rebrand, you're probably going to lose people. People are going to be confused. Are you a different business? What's going on? 
You're going to have to hire someone to redo your logo. You're going to have to change things out if you're a physical location. You might have to hire someone to rebuild your website. It's a whole thing. So don't don't half-ass this step. This step is really important. The logo I created for Lemon originally I sketched in a notebook, believe it or not. I sent it to a graphic designer and said, this is what I want. She created it, obviously much prettier than what I had done. And that has been our logo from day one. I actually had the original signs from California shipped out to Tennessee that we are going to be using at the store when we relaunch in a couple weeks. So, you know, if I had to rebrand right now, it would have been, I would have had to redo the whole logo. I would have had had new signs made. I would have had to, you know, hope that people would understand that it's the same lemon, even though we're changing locations and rebranding. It would have been like a whole thing. So take a moment to really think about your vision and what you want there. After that, you want to do your mission statement. So you really want to know your purpose. What do you stand for? Um, what does Lemon stand for? Lemon is a really cool gift shop with really cool brands. But what we really, really stand for is high quality, non-toxic, all natural, organic, no chemicals, everything, right? So from the candles you purchased at Lemon, from the baby items, from even a lot of the women's clothing, all the home items, everything we do is with this in mind. And it's really important because you will have times in your business where you're going to have to circle back to what's my mission? What's my purpose in my business? My purpose with Lemon has always been really cool stuff that people actually want that are high quality, non-toxic, period. Very simple. I could give, I mean, at this, this is your elevator speech. For those that have a sales background, they know exactly what I'm talking about. What is an elevator speech? It is when you are literally in an elevator with a prospect and you could pitch your sales pitch and sell them on the product while the elevator is going up before you get to your destination. So it's usually 30 seconds, one minute, right? That's your mission statement. That's your purpose. You have to be able to ramble it off quickly to someone in 30 seconds. So nail that down, have that ready, and you're going to go back to that time. And let me give you an example of how I went back to it. In our first year of business, I remember that there was um, some Botox people that wanted to come do a Botox party at Lemon. We do a lot of events at Lemon, all sorts of events, book signings, um, fundraisers, you name it, we do it pretty much. So they they reached out and said, we want to do a Botox party. We're going to cross market together. You know, I'm sure they had an amazing following of people, but... It didn't sit well with me. I'm not anti-Botox, but I don't know much about it. And since our mission and our brand and our purpose is around this non-toxic, all-natural living, it seemed off-brand. And I still think it's off-brand all these years later. I mean, we launched in 2017, you know? But because I had my mission statement so firm that when they reached out to me, to do this party, it was really easy for me to give them an answer. I didn't have to say yes and then go back on it. I didn't have to do the event and then regret it. So it's really important that you have this in place and that you can keep the integrity of your brand throughout the months, the years, because it you will get to a point where everything starts to blend together, you know? So you have to have things that kind of ground you in what you're doing. 
Then the other thing you want to think about is employees. Do you need employees? Most businesses do. And what positions do you need to hire? I would say really take a moment to think about this one. Think about your strengths and weaknesses. I have a marketing background. I love the marketing stuff. I do all the marketing for Lemon, every piece of it. I mean, any magazine we've been in, it was because of me. I did all of our PR. Um, Our Instagram is me. Everything. Our website has completely been built out by me. But um, I actually, I take that back. I had Jocelyn that helped me with some email marketing after a while at Lemon, and she was great. But my point is that some people hate marketing. They suck at it. It's not their forte. Let's say you own a nursery, right? You have flowers, you have plants, you help people build um, organic gardens, you have beautiful trees, maybe you have some farming stuff, and you're amazing at what you do. Your whole nursery is gorgeous. People love coming there. You're a big part of the community. You have a great website, everything. But you hate marketing. You suck at it. It's not your forte. Hire someone, right? You know right off the bat that's not going to be your strong suit. So you're going to know that you're either going to have to hire an employee to spearhead all your marketing or you are going to need to outsource, right? You need to hire a marketing agency, a PR firm, something that can come in and do that piece for you. But that's important in here to think about. And then after that, you want to look at your marketing and your PR. You have to have a marketing plan. What are you going to do? What platforms are you going to be on? You know, honestly, I don't think you can be on all of them and do them really well. You have to pick your core pieces and what you're going to do and what's important for your business. For example, some businesses kill it on Facebook and that's their core market and they don't need to be on TikTok or Twitter or Instagram, right? So you really have to think about that. A big part of this is knowing your target market. You need to figure out your target market in your business plan and it is so important. What is a target market? It is a person. A lot of times people will say, oh, you know, I, my target market is women or my target market is teenagers. I'm like, no, 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 no. That is way too broad, right? You have to be able to give this person a name. Tell me how old they are. Where do they live? What makes them tick? What brands do they love? What, do, what does their family look like? Do they like to work out? What do they like to eat? Where do they like to go? Where do they travel? That's a target market. I can tell you the target market for Lemon all day long right? I'm not going to bore you with the details, but it's a specific person, right? Now, will other people come shop Lemon? Of course, 1000%. But everything I do for Lemon is geared to my target market. I market on Instagram. Instagram is our bread and butter. Would TikTok help and Facebook and I don't know, these other platforms Yeah, maybe, but that's my target market is on Instagram. So it's so important to know that so that, you know, when you look at all the avenues for marketing in particular, it's so important to be able to say, you know, newspaper ads are not going to cut it for my target market, right? Or commercials on TV or whatever. Like there's just so many ways that you can spend PR, advertising and marketing dollars So don't be scared to say no, because otherwise you're going to spend a lot of money on things that are not going to hit your target market. So but step one is to know your target market. Make sure you get that into your business plan. The next thing you really want to have in your business plan is tax planning. 
Now, typically people don't talk about this. People completely skip over this. It is crucial. The reason the rich are rich and the rich get richer is because they understand how to work the tax system. Otherwise, you're going to pay all your money to the government. And that's probably not the most PC way I could be saying this, but you guys are not listening to this podcast for me to give you cookie cutter advice. This is the real stuff. And if you're not careful, you're going to make a lot of money and you're going to give it all to the government. I remember our first full year in business, we had an amazing business accountant back in California. Um, He actually retired last year. I was really sad about that. And he called us up you know, mid-December and said, guys, you're making more money than we planned for, a lot more money. And if we don't do something, you're going to pay this much to the government. And me and my husband were like, well, we can't do that. (laughs) So we came up with a plan and we figured out what we had to do and what could be a business write-off before the end of the year so that we didn't get screwed. So it's super important that you think about this kind of stuff early on. Um, there's a lot of advice you could get from a really good business accountant, much better than I can give you because every single business is so unique. But you should know this kind of stuff from day one because it could affect how you set up your business, things you do or don't do, how you hire employees. Like, do you, are you know, are you going to be a corporation? You hire employees and put them on salary. You know, are you going to, have contract workers like there's like a whole slew of things that you could do differently depending on what you're trying to accomplish and you have to think about these things early on and obviously you're going to tweak them as you go your business plan is kind of like a a working document as far as like the taxes the finance and you know your marketing could change and that sort of thing but there are key parts you want to keep your vision your brand your logo all of that should stay static And then the next thing you want to do is actually become a business, (laughs) legally become a business. So step one is you have to have a business name. You can't do anything until you have a business name. Now, don't get bogged down with making your business name super unique. You can have a legal business name and then a DBA, which is doing business as. So Lemon is clearly a DBA because Lemon is such a basic name. Obviously, a million people have used Lemon in one way or another. It's not like the most unique name, but I wanted a name that was simple, easy to remember, easy to spell. You could look at it and read it. You could look at it visually with the picture of the lemon and know what it says without reading it. Um, I wanted... You know, lemons are superfoods. They're really good for you both to put in, put on your salad or your food, to drink in your water, to put on your skin. And that kind of went back to our mission statement and our values. So I tied that in. Like I said earlier, I made sure my name is not attached to the business. If one day I want to sell the business, if I if it was called, you know, Weymouth Gifts or something, that's that's our last name. Um it probably wouldn't sell very well. People would be like, what does that even mean? Oh, it's your name. Okay, right? It's like, it just, it brings down the value of the business, in my opinion. I had our name attached to our my second business. Actually, I had my name attached to my first and second business, and I regretted it. So I my advice is to never put your name in it. You know, what if, not only what if you sell it, but what if you bring in a partnership? 
right? It's weird. What if you want to pass it down to your kids, right? I just I just feel like just keep your personal stuff out of the naming and branding. That's my that's my two cents and advice on that piece. But figure out the name of the business. Think about how it's going to look in a logo, how it's going to look like on your website. Make sure you really love it. Again, back to the you don't want to do rebranding. And then once you have that figured out, then you have to figure out what type of business are you going to be. Are you going to be an LLC, a corporation? Are you going to be um, um, LLP, which is a limited liability partnership? That's if you have a partner. Uh, are you going to be a sole proprietorship? Are you going to be... Um, nonprofit, like what are you going to be and why? Look at the pros and cons. Look at what works for you. You know, um, in LLC, you're going to pay more taxes, but you have less liability attached to it personally. A sole proprietorship, you are taking on more risk and you are tying yourself personally to the business, but you're paying less taxes. So I would look at kind of a risk assessment here. I would also talk again to an accountant about this. You know, the way that you set up your taxes will be different. The way that you pay yourself will be different. For example, if you become a corporation, you no longer own the business. You become the CEO of the business and you have to pay yourself through the corporation. So you want to do your homework here and make sure you pick the right thing. You can change this later on. So if you're an LLC today, you could change to a corporation tomorrow. Yes, So that's the nice thing. That's another reason to kind of do the tax planning and and be in touch with someone that can really guide you because they could say, you know what, you've made made so much money that you have to become a corporation right now. That that is a very strong possibility for a lot of people. So keep... Inform yourself, educate yourself, have a good team. It's really important, but you have to do this. Because once you then, once you do this, you're an official business, then they give you a federal employer ID number. If you're selling goods like I do at Lemon, then they give you a, um, a reseller's permit. You need all of these things to do business. You can't do anything for your business until you've done this as far as rent a space, um, business insurance, anything. You can, I mean, the first thing they're going to do is say, what's your federal employer ID number? And you have to have that number ready to go. And that you have to know your LLC, for example, your legal business name. Once you've done that, then the next thing you want to do is figure out your website domain, pay for that, lock that in, start building your website. Depending on how you want to do that, you might want to hire someone, you might want to build it yourself, you might know some light coding, Um, you could use platforms like Shopify. If, you know, it depends on the type of business you're doing. Shopify could be perfect or it could be, you know, too much. It just depends. Uh, and then you want to figure out, uh, a, oh, you have to open a business account. So you have to go to a bank, open a business account. Again, that goes back to having that federal employer ID number. You have to be an official business to open up a business account. They won't let you open one under your name. It has to be under the business name, which you want it to be under the business name. You don't want it to be under your personal name. And then you want to get business credit cards. You want it, you know, you want everything to be tied to the business. A lot of times people will, you know, we're starting small. It's a small business. And they kind of just start throwing things on their own credit cards. And it can get out of control so fast. And again, it'll go back to taxes where it's going to be a nightmare separating it all. So from the get-go, separate everything. Business account, business credit cards over here. Your personal accounts and your personal credit cards over here separate 
all the time. And then you want to have um, a bookkeeper, accountant, all of that. Figure out if you're going to do that in-house. Are you going to hire somebody? We honestly do a hybrid. We, we do the bookkeeping in-house, and then we have an accountant that does our taxes and looks at everything in greater detail, gives us business advice, all of that. And then you also will need business insurance. Depending on the type of business you start, you're probably going to need permits or certain other things. Um, like if you're going to work with food, you're going to need permits. If you're going to work with alcohol, you're going to have to have a, a liquor license, right? Like all of these little details is what you're going to do in this step. The next thing after this is to look at funding. Okay, so when it comes to funding, you've got internal and external funds. What What is that? Internal funds is personal savings, credit card, asking friends and family to be a part of the funding of the business. And then external funds is everything from small business loans, small business grant, angel investors, venture capital, crowdfunding. I'm not going to go over all the details of all of these, these options. I would look it up, research it, do your homework. Depending on the type of business you're starting, some of these will make more sense than others. So again, this is why... We looked at our competition. This is why we did our business plan and we know the finances. We know what it's going to take to start the business. We know what the monthly expenses are. And then you can determine if you need external funds or not. And if you do, how do you want to do that? And again, if you are going to go after external funds, the business plan is going to be crucial because the first thing they're going to want to see is your business plan. No one's going to give you money for a new business without a very detailed, organized business plan. Now, I will say at this point, you're probably freaking out, right? This is a lot to do. But if you want to have a successful business and you want to actually start a business, you have to do these steps. And it is very overwhelming. I'll never forget the first, you know, the first business plan I made. And it was because the landlord said, you have a business plan? And I didn't, but I lied and said, of course I do. (laughs) And I went home and I made a business plan. And that moment when I went home and made the business plan, I was like, what have I gotten myself into? But I was already kind of deep in, you know what I mean? Like I was already like off to the races. So you know, I get it. It's overwhelming. A lot of people when it gets to building the business plan is where they stop. But I also think that that can be really eye-opening. If you are not willing to take the time and the effort to make a good business plan and you don't care enough to make a good business plan, then do you really love this business? Do you really want to start this business? Right? It goes back to the original thing we talked about. You know, are you just glamorizing owning a business? So it's all, there's a lot of like soul searching with this, you know, like you need to like do some brainstorming and really think to yourself, what do I want my life to look like? And does this business fit my life? You know, for example, let's say you want to be a party planner, you want to be a wedding planner and you love it and you're so talented and you think that it's going to be the best. But if you really think about the lifestyle of a wedding planner, you're working weekends, you're working evenings, you're working late, you know, you're getting home at one in the morning, you know, time after time, you know, you're working with high budgets and pissed off brides and, you know, you're meeting them after work on a a Tuesday or, you know, like you are really 
working around their schedule and their wedding and their events. Is that really what you want? Right? Like I think a lot of moms are immediately saying no, right? Like, no, I want to be home for bedtime and I don't want to get home at one in the morning and be exhausted and I don't want to give up my weekends and my weekend nights and no, right? So this is why this step is so crucial is just taking the time to say, look, I have this cool idea or I'm really good at this thing, but does it fit my lifestyle? Does it fit my wants and needs? And will I truly be happy doing this business? And um, I will say my other advice is you might need to do this for multiple business ideas. I know people that have two, three, four, five business ideas. And it's like, cool, all five of those business ideas are so legit. But do this. Run through these points and at a certain point, you're going to go, no, 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 yes. So, you know, it's a bit of an exercise. It might take you months to go through these steps and decide what you're going to do if you're going to do it. it. Maybe you're going to make tweaks and changes, but taking a few months to really iron this out is so much better than starting a business and having it fail or starting a business and you know, a year and a half later going, ugh, I hate this. You know, I was wrong. I hate this. The last thing I want to say is a lot of people will plan on how to be successful and not to fail. You know, we all know that a business is only a business if you're making money. If not, it's just a, a hobby. So we all know that we have to not only break even, but we have to make enough profit to call it our career, right? I mean, there are exceptions out there where people just want a side hustle. Maybe it is a hobby. Maybe they do want to break even. Maybe it is for tax purposes because good write-offs. But I think majority of us go into business as a career to be profitable to a certain extent, right? So we focus a lot on not failing. But what happens if you succeed? So you really need to think about a plan of what's going to happen if I do hit these crazy goals in the first year, in the first two years, then what? How am I going to scale the business, right? Like, am I even able to scale the business or am I going to, is this going to be like a, I bit off more than I can choose scenario? If the business is super successful, am I going to have to bring in more investors? Am I going to have to bring in partnerships? Am I going to have to hire 30 more people? Like, what does that look like? And I I believe more often than not, you will hit success. That's the goal, right? And you have to be able to scale and capture that success gracefully. Honestly, I think there are businesses that end up failing because they su- succeeded so much. You know, does that make sense? Like, they hit a level of success that they didn't even know how to handle. I mean, think about it this way. Let's say you have a kick-ass restaurant and everyone's coming to your restaurant and you don't have the staff to handle the masses. It's bad service. The food takes forever. People are waiting hours to get a table. Then it becomes like, well, you know, then you're going to get bad press and then people are going to stop coming. So then you got the success, but you weren't prepared for it. And then you've lost the business. Do you know what I mean? So you have to think about all these details. You have to think about the possibility of killing it, 
which is super exciting, but you do have to plan for that as well. So I really hope that all these steps to start were great food for thought, great information, and can really help you do it, you know, like hit the ground running. You know, I think some of the information out there is just a little too basic. They make it seem a little too cookie cutter. You know, you got to be a little more creative if you're going to run a business. So um, enjoy going through this process. It is exhausting. It is stressful. It's a lot of mental thinking and exhaustion goes into this. But once you figure it out, it's so fun. It's so worth it. And you're going to be so happy that you took the risk on yourself. 